Welcome to the Community Builder Podcast. The world is our classroom, and every moment is an opportunity to understand human connection at a newer level. On this podcast, we'll explore the minds of active community builders as they strive to leave their imprint on the world. Travis King. Let's build. Before we get started, we would like to thank our sponsor, Cruise Control Music, the ultimate audio branding experience. Cruise Control Music creates custom, authentic sounds and music to showcase your brand identity and is a direct reflection of your vision, goals, and values. If you're looking to start or level up your podcast experience, log on to cruisecontrolmusic.com. Yeah, thank you so much for reaching out. Uh, I'm super passionate about community, so I'm really excited to talk to you. Of course. And, you know, I was very interested just in your background and also just like what HashiCorp is up to. So I thought, you know, your experience and perspective would be super valuable for people to hear, um, mainly because of one, all the amazing things that HashiCorp is doing uh, just (laughs) from and, uh, you know, expertise and, you know, industry perspective, but then also just like hearing, you know, what it's like building a community in that, you know, new, in such a new space. So definitely, um, super excited to, to dive in with you. Yeah, same. Um, so just a little bit about my background. Uh, my name is Yana Bruda. I've been doing community management, uh, probably for about eight years now. Uh, I've had the privilege of working at companies like, um, Engine Yard, which was a Ruby on Rails hosting platform, a company called StackMob um, that was in like the mobile mobile developer space. And prior to HashiCorp, I was a company called New Relic that did application performance monitoring. And I, for some reason, over the years, have seemed to find my niche. Uh, and I like doing like community management for developer communities, which I absolutely enjoy. That's just a little bit about me. And then, yeah, HashiCorp. So for folks that aren't familiar with HashiCorp, um, we, we're a technology company, surprise, uh, and we build really popular infrastructure automation tools. And um, we started out, all of our tools were open source. For those of you that don't know, that means that they were free to download. Uh, and all of our stuff is still available for download on GitHub. Uh, some of our most popular tools are well, Vagrant was the first one that our founders ever built. Um, another popular tool is Terraform and then Vault. And now uh, last year we launched enterprise versions of our product. So we, we also make money too. <laughs> <laughs> That's always good, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. And my role there, so I've been there, oh my God, uh, almost four years now. And I'm the director of events and experiential marketing at HashiCorp. And so what that means is, uh, my team's responsible for a lot. So we're responsible for what I call our like global brand experiences. So it's our big like HashiConf, uh, which is our annual user conference, HashiDays, which are very like regional developer focused conferences. My team also does all of our internal cultural events. We do experiential and spatial design. We do a webinar program, social media, community management, our aspects of community management, like our HashiCorp user group program, which I'll, I'll dive into we manage swag, regional marketing, trade shows, and when you work at a startup, <laughs> anything, anything else that like, gets thrown at you. So those are the things my team and I do. 
Interesting. That's that's a lot. <laughs> and how large is your team? Uh, there's four of us right now. Four humans doing all of this. Yeah, it's actually uh, yeah. We make it work, right? It's it's funny. We actually so the company as a whole has like clearly defined principles and and, and how we operate as a company. And then my team also like we have our own principles as to like how we operate. Um, and and that which allows us to then move really quickly. So some of our principles are hashtag get shit done. So it's like the ability to move really quickly. Um, you know, on brands, everything that we deliver must fit the HashiCorp brand, always produce polished work. Yes, that is to desire to learn. So we have our own like principles and just like the processes that we put in place using something like Asana for project management, um, having clearly defined like how we work, how we use Slack versus Dropbox versus Asana. So we just, we operate really quickly um, with a small team. No, that's awesome. I think that's definitely the mentality to have nowadays with, (laughs) you know, the the way that things are changing. So no, I love that. Um, Awesome. So in terms of um, like how communities played a role in the growth of HashCorp, I guess, could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, happily. Um, I mean, so community, if I think of anything else that we do as a company, community and being really like highly engaged and active with our community members is our top priority. Um, this is something that's been ingrained in the HashiCorp culture from the very beginning. So I started at HashiCorp, um, I started working with HashiCorp when we were seven employees. And even from like from back then, right, uh, all the engineers and the founders were focused on community building. So that meant uh, we were really actively engaged in in where our community members were and where they were co- where they were having conversations. Right. So GitHub was a big place that we were constantly following uh, along on issues. And when people were submitting pull requests or having questions, um, Google Groups people are really active in our Google Groups. So we're always in there and active. Um, Twitter is really big for us. I think um, what's really beautiful even now, so HashiCorp's about 330 employees. Um, and even now you see our founders every day communicating with our community on on Twitter. Uh, so it's really, it, it's beautiful to see. And, um, and the way we communicate with our community, it, it's something that, again, like it's, this has been ingrained in our culture. Um, how we like communicate is also defined, right? So we as a company have very uh, defined principles of how, like, how we work together, how we engage with our community and our customers, how we engage with each other, like internally. Um, and some of our principles are like integrity, kindness, uh, humility, communication, and, and and people really feel it. Right? This is from when it was just Mitchell and Armand, our two founders. Like these are principles that they defined very early on. Um, that has then translated into how we hire people and how we communicate with our with our community. Uh, another thing that we did really well from the very beginning is we documented on how we should communicate. So we have a document that's like our writing style guide, right? So anyone like I was, I had access to Twitter. Uh, all of the engineers had access to Twitter, support tickets, things like that. But we clearly defined, hey, this is our writing style gu- guide that everyone in the company needs to use. So even if it was different people engaging with the community, it was very clear that, okay, because of our principles, this is how, how we should be engaging with people. And this is also the type of language we should be using. Um, so that's 
yeah, community is huge for HashiCorp. And again, we started out in open source, right? All of our stuff is open source. So we have, uh, our community is really uh, highly engaged and, and, and massive, right? We have, uh, we've had over millions of down, millions of downloads of all of our open source tools. And we have um, hundreds of thousands of community members actively using our tools uh, in, in staging or in production. So it's, the community's there, right? <clears throat> Yeah, and I think that's really important um, and definitely want to dive really just a little bit deeper in what you said about when HashiCorp had seven employees and the founders still um, found a way to make community a priority. Um, because oftentimes I find that when talking with companies, like the community teams, typically they're still struggling to get budget or get buy-in or approve ROI. So I guess, could you talk a little bit about like how like rooting HashiCorp's founding principles and community, you know, ultimately led to being this like now larger company to where you are right now? Yeah, that's a really great, great question. Um, and again, we're, we're so lucky that from the very beginning, uh, our founders, which then translates translated into like how we do community today, years later, um, we just, uh, from the very beginning, we really understood how important our community was. Right. Um, so because our stuff, uh, our tools are open source, like one avenue we needed is an engaged community that would contribute to our stuff, right? So because we were only seven people, but we had six open source projects, we didn't have the engineering resources to contribute to all of those and, and then keep the, the technology moving forward. Um, but by being open and, and having dialogue and, and really involving our, what we call our core contributors, our, our, there are community members that are contributing to our open source projects. We made them feel heard. We were engaged. We would have like discussions of like, is this the right direction to take it? Um, then ended up like having people for free, right? Contribute to our um, contribute to our stuff that don't work at HashiCorp, but it's because we were open and engaged and willing to listen and 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 wanted to build really valuable things. Uh, really valuable tools that people found uh, valuable. Like we, we don't, we, we're so like um, anything that we, we like put out into the community, any like new tool that we launch or any feature, we spend so much time on it that people became to know like value. Whenever we did do a new release, people knew that it would be good and that we spent a lot of time. And again, that was working a lot with our community. Um, and another thing, a uh, reason that we find like, being open and engaged with our community, it really just opens up channels of feedback, right? So we we have clear ideas of, of how we think our tools and products should work. But of course, like we're not the ones that are used, like, you know, for example, Capital One uses uh, Vault in production, but we need their feedback telling us like how they're, how they're able to use and how they're deploying it at a scale. Um, so again, I, I think the most important is like having this like valuable feedback from our community. And that's by like having these channels, these open channels of communication. I love that. I think that's super valuable for um, other companies to kind of take into consideration. And especially when they're building a community and realizing that, you know, all of their hundreds of different customers, clients, um, partners, they all have different systems in their worlds. And so you're going to have to learn to adapt. And like, if you make the space and the channels to, you know, give your community members the space to actually give feedback and help you improved, um, that's like how you move forward and build actual technologies that will change the future. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so a lot of the things that my team works on now is like everything we do at HashiCorp has a purpose, right? We don't just randomly do something to try it out. Um, for example, like that's how like the, the HashiCorp, we call it hugs, the hug program, but it's like the HashiCorp user group program started, right? Cause they're, uh, what we found is people are hungry for knowledge. People really want to, one, connect, have a space to connect with each other and to learn from each other uh, is, is what we found from the very beginning. It's actually what we found at the, like, the first HashiConf. But the Hug program started because of that, right? Because we had, we have, you know, it's 2018. So it's, we have uh, users all around the world. And so, uh, and so what we found is like, there was like one or two meetups, like one was in Berlin, one was in London. So we're like, oh, wow, like maybe we should put more focus on building out our, like our, our, our user group program. Um, and what's, what's really amazing because we have this highly engaged and active community. So we, uh, when I started four years ago, maybe there are three meetups today, there are 74 hug meetups around the world and we have over 15,000 members. And a lot of them are run by our community members which is really cool. That's really cool and really impressive. Like, and that's so impressive because like when you say one to two meetups, it's insane because like a lot of people, like when they see, they're like, Oh, we only have like five meetups or we only have six meetups. You literally saw one or two and was like, Oh wow. Like people are meeting up about our thing. And so like, maybe we should look at this. And And I think that's super important. Yeah. Like we weren't providing any support at all, but we, like we saw that the first HashiConf, right? So HashiCorp brought me in to do our first user conference back in 2015. We're like, okay, we have a highly engaged community, but we're not giving them a chance to meet in person, right? Like, uh, or like, yeah, people were, you know, talking at other conferences, writing blog posts, but we as a company weren't facilitating spaces for people to be able to meet up for, like I always refer back to have these genuine connections and to have the chance for knowledge sharing. Um, and the first, conference we did was an incredible it sold out at 350 people and then we had about 200 people on the wait list right we didn't know if people would come and then on stage was the first time we had companies like nike or capital one talk about how they were using our tools in production and and, and we just we saw like a massive uptick because like like people like people trust each other right so if, if you're able to create a space where it's like and it's not us like promoting ourselves. It's other people. It's like, hey, no, I'm here. I'm using Vault in this way. And uh, like people trust each other more than they just trust a company being like, this is great. And this is why. Um, so we find so we find these like hug meetups and these uh, big brand experiences super valuable for us. But yeah, the hug community has been amazing, right? So we, um, we just, we put together a program where we make it really easy uh, to onboard new meetups. Right. So if there's someone we meet someone at a conference or or someone emails us like, hey, I want to start a meetup in in Sydney or in Boston. Uh, Can I do that? Um, And we actually I've really we've been using Meetup Pro for the last couple of years um, or maybe last two years. And that's been amazing. Right. So we've been able to like easily onboard a new meetup and at least pay for their meetup fees. And then we also because we're a brand is a really big thing for us. We also control like what the what the page looks like the type of communication like early days we saw a couple of meetups you know how you can name your members and mm-hmm. people were calling themselves hashy heads which we were like okay that isn't quite on brand so <laughs> i love i was like uh, so what, what i love about meetup pro is 
like we enable the organizer to have full control of like the meetup in that in that city wherever they're running it but we're able to manage like the messaging we're able to manage the branding so all of the meetups around the world have the same look and feel have the same name but we still let like the organizer run that right and we just try to and we okay we're like okay the london hug hasn't done a meetup in three months what's going on and then we like reach out we try to give them content we try to give them speakers so um because we're really connected to like these organizers and are able to see what's going on we've been able to like grow that program to have more meetups around the world and also make sure that they're meeting consistently because people find these in-person events to be super valuable right you have two people um giving talks and then you're able to like and there's a lot of times in a city where you're like oh i didn't know these people were using hashicorp tools so being able to have these meetups around the world and let people meet in person it has been a huge for us so that's been a really great community program that my team built I love that. I yeah. really, really love that. Um, and it's super interesting too, because um, kind of the thing that you mentioned about um, other people being able to trust each other and like you guys had to build that from scratch. And so like one thing that I always love hearing about is, you know, what are some of the things like when you were first starting out that you guys, you know, kind of took um, like right on the chin, like what, how did you guys mess up when you first started? I'm sure there are some interesting things that might've happened. Yeah. I mean, so I mentioned how important community is, but because we were a small startup, like it was me and another person on, on the marketing team back in the day, uh, community was like, community was important, but there was no one managing all of the programs, right? There's no one like, Hey, maybe we should build like, uh, a community forum, or maybe we should like, for example, my team this year, we did, um, core contributor packs. So these were, these were like really curated care packs that we sent to all of our like highly engaged core contributors around the world. Right. And this was like, had a golden ticket, free ticket to our, our brand experiences. It had a t-shirt, it had a personalized message, but that's something we just did this year. Right. Versus from the very beginning, if we had someone like dedicated to community and really putting a lot of time into these different community building online and offline, uh, I think we could be a lot farther. So that that's definitely just as a whole, like from the very beginning, I wish there was someone dedicated to community and putting together these programs in place. That's very interesting because I also find that a lot of times, like one of the biggest challenges when I talk to other community builders and other people at companies, it's often resources, whether that's money, time, energy, like resources are typically what holds them back. So I'm definitely curious about what, um, cause like, right, like you're in this startup mode, but then y- you still have to find way- ways and time to actually, you know, create this thing. And so like, once you get the ball rolling, then that's when you can kind of focus resources and allocate time. Um, so it's like a very interesting, like a chicken before the egg type of thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, just something that's just growing pains. And we figured out we've actually hired someone now who is our director of community who's going to be solely focused on that, which is I'm so excited about. Um, she has lots of great ideas. That's exciting. I mean, like, that's that's got to be like a very, um, you know, super exciting thing internally one. But then like, also from a, just like a career perspective, like what... Um, like what sorts of things is this new community, um, the head of community bringing to the table, like their experience, their background energy. Like, could you talk a little bit to that? 
Yeah, I mean, she just started, so she's putting together a plan now. We could do a follow up, or maybe you could. Uh, oh, right, right. With her. <laughs> she's just getting. She's just trying to get the lay of the land, right? Like, what's mm-hmm. been really nice is we've already been doing community. We've already put together a lot of programs, uh, not necessarily consistently each year or month on month, but uh, having someone dedicated and putting more thought is going to be great for that. Yeah, I can only imagine what uh, good that's going to do if it's already grown so much in the way um, that you guys have. So that's awesome. No, it's been great. And I've been, so my team's been, like, yes, community is is still the most important priority for my team, but we've been focusing more on, uh, again, what I call these brand experiences, right? It's these, like, in-person events from, uh, like, these these conferences that we're hosting uh, around the world. Got it. And like, I guess, could you wouldn't mind talk a little bit to, you know, what sorts of things goes into a brand experience um, that, that, you know, that you've seen worked really well with your community? Yeah. Um, so again, really lucky that the HashiCorp founders uh, understood the value of events and, and how they help with like community building and like, you know, building loyalty and strengthening relationships. So from the very beginning they understood that and um and i've mentioned how important brand is to the company so what we find with these in person again what i call brand experiences is from the second someone walks into a space whether it's um a church we've rented or a really cool theater or even like a a ballroom in in a hotel right we want people to understand hashicorp like who is hashicorp how do we how do we look uh feel like who we are right because uh, to be able to build, you know, loyalty and, and build a community, you really want people to understand who HashiCorp is. And I feel like with these in-person brand experiences, it um, it humanizes HashiCorp, right? And it also creates this uh, just emotional, like a closer emotional connection between HashiCorp and our community, right? From the second someone walks in, we just want them to like understand as like, we deeply care about them. We deeply care about the community. We deeply care about brand. And so like everything that we do um, at our uh, brand experiences, like lets people know who HashiCorp is, right? Like for example, uh, I, I keep going back to these two things and this has been from the very beginning. It's knowledge sharing and genuine connections, right? So anything that we do with community, online, offline, and our brand experiences, we always have those two things in mind. So when I say genuine connections, we think a lot about how we create spaces, right? So how do we set up furniture and plants and decor and flow? Like, how do we get our highly engaged community, right, that may have never met in person to be able to interact, right? To be able to, like, really connect and and feel comfortable, right? Uh, The developer community, um, uh, we have found as they're very highly intelligent. Some of them are a bit introverted. So we try really hard to create spaces and quieter nooks and crannies and things we do to make everyone that's at the conference really comfortable. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. like for example, we, um, we, we started to do Slack, right? So in the past we're like, okay, well people can just come and connect. But what we find is people want to communicate in the way that they're used to, right? So either they want to talk to each other on Twitter using like the, the hashtag for the conference or what we have found is Slack is amazing. So we will launch like a Slack org um, just for that week for that conference, right? So, um, and so that, and what we have found is like 
wow, people are like talking to each other while talks are going on. And they're like, hey, does anyone want to go meet up for dinner? So it's like people are using Slack. And again, it's understanding where your community wants to communicate versus forcing them to use another tool. And then we have found with Slack, it's like, then they like engage and talk to each other. And we actually found that that is another way to create these genuine connections. And then people feel more comfortable in the conference. Um, And you'll see like, we never throw parties. Um, That's not Well, so... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so again, for us, it's, it's it's understanding, right? So it's like, who is HashiCorp, right? So because we we believe in humility and kindness and respect and, and integrity, we don't think throwing a, a, a party with a band, is it really fits our brand, right? So right. we do things what we call like, like an evening social. But again, it, it, it's games. It, it's 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 We also try to make sure that it's like that it fits the HashiCorp brand, right? Um, so I mentioned genuine connections. We spend a lot of time thinking about that when we create these brand experiences, in-person brand experiences, and also knowledge sharing, right? So from the very, very beginning, uh, when I did the first HashiComp, all the, fa- all the founders were like, we just need the screens to work and people need to be able to hear the presentations, right? So that's like the thing that we spend the most money on, the most time on, right? Because people are there to learn from each other. And again, it, it's because we have found the HashiCorp community is really hungry for knowledge. That's exciting. I mean, that's very, um, I think it's very interesting to focus on the, the knowledge sharing, especially because I feel like now, since there's so much knowledge out there, it's tough for people when they're looking for something new. So it's like awesome that you guys create a space for um, your community members to like come together and actually share knowledge about a topic that they're passionate about. Yeah. Uh, or a couple of other things, like for example, um, we did this thing. So uh, we did a regional brand experience in Amsterdam this year and the conference sold out maybe a month before the event. And we're like, Oh no. And all of a sudden we saw like a hundred people on the wait list and we're like, okay, well, how can we extend? Right. Cause people really want to come. But we just like this, like we had no more space for them. So we launched something called hash days live. And what it was is we ended up live streaming the whole conference so people paid. And we also gave them access to Slack. So they were able to watch the live stream from the comfort of their home. And we gave them access to the Slack org. So they were able to talk to attendees and we saw them all engaging, but they were watching it from, from their house. So it's like, okay, if, if you weren't able to come to this, at least we were able to extend the reach of this event that we put a lot of time and energy into the content and they were able to watch it from their house. And again, we did that because we were just trying to, because we're so attuned with like, the community wants, how the community likes to receive information. Um, the, the Hash Days Live ended up being like a pretty successful event. Um, or like another program, um, webinar program. We, uh, my team launched the webinar program. Uh, and I know people go back and forth on that. But again, because we see that people are hungry for knowledge and sometimes they can't travel, like flying to you know, San Francisco in two weeks to go to our user conference or flying to Amsterdam for hash days, like people just don't have the budget or the time for it. So our webinar program's actually been huge. You know, we, we try to like, we do monthly webinars now and that's something my team launched and we're like, okay, what are people like, what content are people looking for? Right. And for us, we're like, okay, well, people really want to hear from our engineers uh, because they respect them a lot. And it's the engineers that are building the the tools and the products that they love and use. So we just started doing a monthly webinar program, right? Like there was like a topic on it and we would get uh, thousands of signups. Like uh, there would be, you know, 1500 people watching our webinar, right? So that like that has a farther, 
a bigger reach. I mean, yeah, it, it doesn't, it's not as good as like uh, the in-person where you build trust and build relationships, but it's still like that was 1500 people that spent an hour being able to hear about how to use Vault in this way. That's exciting. Yeah. The, it's <laughs> mind blowing too with the different ways that you've used like the conferences with the live stream and now with the webinars to then just figure out different mediums that you can reach your members through. Like, I think that's super impressive. And it's definitely like a, a framework that other like people can like look up to and, and say like, oh, wow, like look at the ways that they're, you know, meeting their members and developers where they are. Like instead of having them all download something, um, just let them log into another workspace on Slack. Like it's a normal thing to them. So yeah, I, totally, so I love that. That's my advice to anyone, you know, either uh, starting in community management or at, at a new role. It's like spend a lot of time understanding your community, right? Like how they want to be communicated with, um, the tools that they're using, where they're hanging out, right? So I, I feel like some companies make the mistake of like, okay, I want to build a community around my around my product, right? And so then they try and they force people to use the tools and different things that they launch versus like really spending time like, okay, well, maybe there's already an active community and maybe we just instead need to reach out to them in the places that they're already talking and, and then doing the things that they find valuable, right? So you'll find like nothing we do at HashiCorp is, or we try not to make it self-serving, right? So everything we do has, has a lot of thought into it. And it has a lot of thought of like, how is our community going to react to this? Is this something that they will find valuable, right? So we spent a lot of time doing that stuff. Like we wouldn't have launched HashiDays Live, you know, if like if it wasn't useful or, or we wouldn't like, and of course it's okay to try things. Sometimes things fail, but everything we do, we put a lot of thought into and make sure that this is how our community wants to be communicated with. This is, this is where our, the tools that our community wants to use. Um, and that's again, because we, are, are really closely engaged with our community and just like listening to them. That's a, I, it's one of those funny things that we always hear. It's like, well, we have two ears and one mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but again, I mean, this, this stuff is, is really important, right? It, uh, being engaged with your community, it, it builds strong relationships. It opens up channels for feedback, uh, creates like customer loyalty, um, establishes trust, trust and credibility. Like all of these things are super important because your reach as a company is only only so far, right? Versus a, a company uh, having a community having a community that's really engaged that really loves you. Like that reaches so much farther. Like uh, we now all the time see people using like people talking at conferences and mentioning HashiCorp. Um, we see people on Twitter like, "Hey, have you like checked out HashiCorp's tool?" Blah blah blah. So, and I think that's because from the very beginning, when we started, like community was the most important thing for us. And, and we're seeing that years later. Yeah. And that's, that's even one of the things that I, I love thinking about. It's just like showing the true value of community, just like realizing that like together as like a tribe is like an army of yeah. people that are, you know, together coming together around some sort of, you know, goal, idea, purpose, um, but, but then realize literally how much greater of a force that is when it can be distributed across the world in so many different countries and just realize that like you can only do so much as a brand. And if your community becomes essentially larger than your brand voice, then you almost have like this like golden unicorn in your hands. <laughs> yeah, Travis, that's that's so well said. 
Definitely. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to think like, I know we, we kind of like went, I think we went really efficiently with like time <laughs> and like getting through the, a lot of the things that we want to talk about, but I did want to open it up to see if there was any other topics, um, takeaways, ideas that, you know, you might want to discuss, talk about, um, while we still have a couple of minutes left. Yeah. Uh, oh my gosh. There's so much we could cover. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mentioned that my, my team, we, we also do like experiential marketing, which is interesting to think about like where community management is heading and, and where, like, um, and so I've spent a lot of time thinking about like, okay, what does experiential marketing mean and what does it mean? Like in terms of community. Right. And this is something that we talked about earlier, how, how important it is for a company to really understand their brand, right? Because if they understand who they are, who they're marketing to, um, their messaging, um, it's then then translates, and then the community understands it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's something my before, like when I did the first Hashicomp, for example, like uh, I just I did I just rented a theater, um, I got some chairs, some food, and I was like, here you go. Right. But what I didn't realize is how important people being able to experience the brand at at these, like in these physical spaces, like how important that is. Right. Like, I think that like helps strengthen a a company's brand. Um, and also like, and then it strengthens like people's like connection to your brand. Right. Totally. I think also it's funny. Um, I spoke with Priya Parker on uh, one of my other episodes. And one of the things that she mentioned was the importance of being able to, um, you know, run and hold a transformative gathering and, but also creating alternative worlds. So like, I kind of got this picture in my head when it just took me through that um, of like, of like HashiCorp creating an alternative world for all of their community members every time they experience the HashiCorp brand. And now I'm just yeah. like, Ooh, that, <laughs> Ooh that's, that's that sounds cool. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I like that. I, I guess, could you like, what type of world, like, what does that look like? Like being someone that has not yet attended a HashiCorp event. I'm like, what does the HashiCorp world look like? Like, I feel like it's, it's uh, and wh- where are you based? Are you in Austin or New York? Yeah, I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. Okay, so am I. Oh, I was going to invite you to, uh, we're doing our big uh, conference or big brand experience in two weeks. Um, what does the HashiCorp world look like? Well, so my team... I know, is, weird question. No, I love that, right? So... And again, it goes back to like, who is HashiCorp? What is the brand? What does it look, touch, feel, taste like, right? And so my team and I, like, for example, so in two weeks, we're doing our big conference and we've thought through everything, right? From the second someone walks into the Fairmont Hotel, what music's going to be playing? What are they going to see? What does the signage look like? What does the directional signage? We have playlists we created separate playlists for each of the breakout rooms right we created what we call uh, a hashi cafe so people can go get espresso drinks and we created little spaces where people can sit and drink their like uh their brand uh, can drink coffee out of branded hash grip mugs um we created all these different spaces like there's one space called the gaming lounge right where we rented a bunch of different video games and uh people can go and, and and play together and interact together so because we we understand the community and because we understand the HashiCorp brand, we like 
you feel that, right? We created all these different spaces and these different things um, that allow the people like to connect and to interact. Uh, we have a space called like the reboot room, right? Where it's just like, a very quiet room where there's chargers and it's darker and people can just like take a moment, right? And again, it's, it's because we understand how our community, how they think, how they function, and that enables us to then like create these like experiences for them. That's amazing. I feel, I feel like the, it, it literally just brings you back to like movies to where you imagine like this giant house and then there are all these different rooms and like there's all these different experiences and all these different rooms. And you guys are literally creating that multiple times a year for your members. I think that's exactly. really, really impressive. And it's been fun. So I moved to New York um, last January and I, I find New York to be really inspiring. And it's actually inspired like a lot of, because yes, in the end of the day, I, I'm organizing uh, uh, brand experiences for for, te- for technology company, right? But I think mm-hmm. being able to and, and New York does a really good job of it. It's like, what are these like cool experience? Like New York has these like then she fell and these like cool comedy clubs and these cool events that like are experiences, right? And so I've tried to take the events that I've attended in New York that have nothing to do apart from them using technology for their experiences and translate that into um, our like brand experiences. That's that's really smart because a lot of times too, and I think you'll you'll probably attest to this is that like the HashiCorp community in New York is a lit like yes they're the same humans yes they still love HashiCorp but like just culturally like they're a little bit different than like let's say your HashiCorp users that might be in Austin oh or definitely your HashiCorp users that might be in you know California so I think that's super important to to be able to take that. And also, like, one other thing that I'm thinking about is, like, when you are looking for local leaders in different cities to um, run some of these, you know, user groups or these HashiCorp meetups, like, what, like, how do you find them? Like, what sorts of things, you know, jump out from a person that says, oh, wow, like, Travis would be great at, you know, running this user group? Uh, I've, uh, I'll definitely answer that question. But I really loved your point, Travis, about um, understanding that there your community is different in different cities and different regions, right? I think a lot of time people just assume like, okay, hey, I have a global community and they're all the same, but um, they're not, right? They can be in different stages of adoption um, and, and different stages of knowledge. So we do, at least for our brand experiences, we change up the format, we change up the style, right? So the type of brand experience that we do in Amsterdam uh, was very different than the one we did in London versus in Austin versus in San Francisco, right? So it's it's understanding that these uh, events will attract a global audience, but a lot of time it's local as well. So we try to uh, really keep in mind, um, okay, this is where this community is at and this is the type of uh, program or event or whatever we should put in place for that community in that region. Yeah, no, I, that I love that too, and it's it's really interesting too because like you, you have to be like seven Yanas, right? Like you have to <laughs> literally transform every time you go into a room. So I, I it, it's really impressive when you can take so many different pieces of culture and still successfully scale a network across the world. That's like I, I feel like people really forget how r- really hard that is. It's not like the easiest thing to just spin up, you know, new communities in different parts of the world when you're actually located in New York City. Yeah. And I also, I find it interesting. Like I'll sometimes talk to community managers and I'm like, well, do you go to conferences? Like, are, are you on Twitter? Like, like it, I sometimes 
don't understand like people that haven't like gone out and really traveled and gone to the different events and just like because you need to be meeting like my team and I we are with our community members in some capacity or another uh, at least a couple times a month right in real life in real life because like it's like we can't just be and I, I find this with like engineering too right and this is why I love that our engineers are so uh, connected to our community, like and active in like GitHub uh, and Google Groups and stuff. Like, you need to understand what your community is saying and and like where they're at, right? Like, you can't just put out a program and not have spent time with them. Right. I think that's interesting too. What you going back kind of on the same topic, but when you mentioned that, um, like, when you have different communities in different parts of the world that are different stages, yeah. How do you like? How do you um, I don't know how to put this, but how do you like tell what stage a community is in? Like, do you guys have a framework? Do you guys measure this? Like, how do you tell? And then from that, like, what sorts of different things do you do depending upon what stage the community's in? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, so a couple of different things. One, like, we can see, I guess we can see how many members are in like the hub community. Uh, we work really closely with our sales team because they are meeting with the community on a daily basis. Um, what other ways do can we tell? Um, you also know, like in terms of technology, you also know which markets are in which what phase, right? Like West Coast, they're they're early adopters and they already know about our stuff. Versus Central, they're more behind. So you also know just in like our community in terms of the different regions where they're at. And then, and then also for us, like gauging like the number of downloads and um, how active people are in those different cities or regions. So there, there's a couple different ways that we can gauge. Like for example, uh, we did an event last year in London, right? And uh, we had originally done this format for our Hashi Days um, that had like something called open spaces. Uh, and if you're not familiar with that concept, it's you put a board out all day and people uh, put up like different topics that they want to talk about. And then you do these like four 30 minute, like, two 30 minute sessions. And like those have different topics, right? You have a leader and you have people just talking. What we found in, in like the UK, that community more wants to absorb information and, do, and, and something like open spaces where it's open dialogue and, and, and asking people to connect wouldn't work there. Right. So if we had, if we, where it didn't have a pulse on like what the tech scene is like there, what the, the developer community is like there, we wouldn't have found out that, hey, this type of format, this conference format doesn't work for an audience like that. That's super interesting. Um, and then it's very, very to, interesting. <laughs> yeah. And then that also goes back to your question about like how we find um, hug organizers. So again, because um, my team is really active in the community, like we go to a lot of meetups and events, we are like really engaged with the different folks, right? So we like we'll meet someone at some conference, and they're like, "Hey, I love HashiCorp. I've been want like we, this happened to us in Austin. Um, I, I love HashiCorp. I've been wanting to start an Austin like HashiCorp user group. How do I do it, right?" And so then we we have a whole onboarding doc, we have a whole process, um, and then we also see people like how engaged they are on GitHub, how engaged they are on Twitter, like. But you can see, like, have they written blogs about us? Have they spoken about us? Um, so we always, we do try to find the folks that are really engaged and love us to run these uh, to run our hub meetups around the world. Awesome, 
I think that's yeah. a really smart strategy just to like get other, it's, it's like literally teaching a student. It's like teaching a teacher, but like they're teaching each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, so anyways, my, my takeaway is like community building should be like ingrained in the company from the very beginning, right? It gives you a pulse on like how your products or tools are doing the market um, and if you're like open and engage with them and it gives you a lot of like open and honest feedback, um, yeah, builds trust, builds loyalty. So community is, and community building is super important for any company to do. I love that. I think that that's a super powerful message for brands that are, are out there that are like in their seven to 10 employee stages. Yeah. Um, and they, they don't necessarily want to or know the importance of putting resources and budget and energy and time behind community building. And so I think that HashiCorp is a perfect example of like when done right, like your community can help you grow and achieve and solve problems that you would never have been able to do had you not focused on those members and those people. Yeah, well said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Yana, thanks so much for, you know, hopping on with me today. Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, your time and, you know, your insights and your thoughts. Um, for people that I guess, like, who would you invite to like reach out to you? Like, like, wh- what types of people like are you looking to connect with? Because that's one thing I like to do here as well yeah. is just find a way to get, you know, the people that I talk with and other people connected to, you know, solve problems. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, community management is pretty new, right? Relative. Um, so I'm always like open to talk to other folks that are doing community management, that have ideas, uh, that want to collaborate, that uh, or have any questions for me. I, I believe that, you know, we are, we're doing community, community management. We should all support each other and help uh, elevate this craft. So it's, it's super important. So I'd love to talk to other people that are doing similar stuff. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'll make sure I'll, I'll do my best to uh, put you in touch with those people. And um, like, thanks again for hopping on today. I really loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. This was lovely. Thanks for listening to the Community Builder Podcast. If you received an ounce of value from this podcast, share it with your friends. Oh, yeah. Don't forget to leave me a five-star review. I need those. Remember, each perfectly laid brick moves you one step closer to building your community.